Ben has kind of put this series around the scripture, uh, Hebrews 13, 12. So Hebrews 13, 12, um, it's talking about Jesus, this one small portion of it, and when he was crucified on the cross, when he died for our sins. So I'm just, I had, I brought the message and then I brought the New Living Translation because I wasn't sure which one I wanted to read from, but um, I'm going to read from the New Living. But Hebrews 12, or 13, 12, it says, So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So Jesus died outside the city gates on the cross um, so that we would have a chance at eternity and a chance at salvation. Seems simple enough, right? I'm going to move these now because I don't need them. So I've got more space for my other stuff. But um, uncomfortable outside the gates. We have all been uncomfortable at some point or another. Sometimes it's because of uh, temperature in a room. Sometimes it's because of the people that we are close in a close space with. <laughs> Don't act like y'all are spiritual. I know that when you're in a grocery store or something like that, I've seen some of y'all do it to me. You see me around the corner, you go the other way. <laughs> Maybe not me. But don't act like you guys have not. I've done it before. <laughs> I don't think anybody in this room, but there's a lot of people, so I may have. So I'm sorry because I'm trying to do better. All right, but um, we have all been uncomfortable. But the, the whole um, point of this sermon is uncomfortable outside the gates. So talking about how Jesus was uncomfortable when he died on the cross. Um, talking about how uh, we really need to be uncomfortable in relationship with Christ. And I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit more later. Like I said, I'm not going to... I, I really don't plan on speaking very long. Y'all know I like to eat. And uh, I'm glad Ben took a lot of my... Who just said amen? Yeah. But um, the reason that uh, Jesus was in, crucified outside the city, if you go back in the Old Testament, they did these animal sacrifices. And uh, all that was done outside. They were killed, brought the blood inside of the Holy of Holies into the tabernacle. But the carcasses were like... It was all done outside the city. They didn't want any of that, any of that unclean stuff, any of that sin to be brought inside. So like today, if we were doing a sacrifice, we wouldn't do it inside the church. We would do it down there in the yard and then leave everything. Thank God we don't have those anymore. Amen. Could you imagine having to kill an animal every time you sinned? <laughs> every time you said a bad word or cut somebody off in traffic. JR, I've seen you drive. You cut people off all the time. But seriously, uh, you're going to laugh a lot. I've got a different style than Ben. That's why you don't hear from me as much. Um, because if, sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not. But um, there are not enough animals <laughs> for me to sacrifice on a daily basis. I wouldn't get anything else done. I mean, I, and don't act like you all would either. Because So praise the Lord, we don't do that anymore. But an unclean, they dealt with it outside the city. So the thing was, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, they thought by removing the sin from the city and doing this outside, they were keeping it clean. So by taking care of the sin outside the city, you know, we were holy, we're too perfect for that. But the thing was, they led Jesus outside the city. So he carries the cross, he was sentenced in the city, carries the cross through the city, outside the city up on a hill, the crucifixions didn't take place in the city. Took place outside the city because the city's too holy for that. You can't have any of that in here. I think a lot of times as Christians we get like that, that we got this cookie cutter thing, mentality that we think Christians should be, 
and we, we don't want none of that, but I'm going to get in your face because I'm going to get in my, we're going to all share a little bit uh, about myself this morning. But the reality of all that was they thought that they were removing the sin when they took Jesus outside of the city and crucified him. But when they carried outside him outside, he took their sin out of the city. It wasn't that he was bad and needed to go out because he said he was the son of God. He performed all these miracles. It was the fact that they couldn't see it. But Jesus went through all that for the people that time, the same people that were crucifying him for you, for me. He was taking on that sin. It wasn't that they were shoving him out and getting rid of him and dealing with him. He was taking theirs. He was taking ours. So Jesus, Jesus was, um, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He, he's why we don't have to sacrifice goats and rams and, and pigeons and everything else. That's just, that's what it is. So Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And like I said, thank God we don't have to do, um, thank God we don't have to do the animal thing. Like I've thought about that before. And if, if you're ever in a yearly, um, yearly Bible reading, They'll do it like chronologically. I'm not going to lie. When I get to Leviticus, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because if you've never read through it, but there's sacrifices, there's clean, there's unclean. you got to do this. If you get a cut and you're bleeding, you got to do this. If, if you get leprosy, you got to do this. So there, was all, there were all these things, but Jesus took care of all that. Amen. So Christ sacrificed it all for us, and um, he wasn't comfortable doing it. Ben said just in the last couple of weeks about that, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, he could have he could have called tens of thousands of angels and just, you know, quit everything right then. But but he went through that. Um, I've always got a joke because, and I don't say this just to everybody because I don't want to. If if you know how I am, then you understand where I'm coming from with it. You know my personality. But people are like, oh, I was just so tired, I couldn't get up this morning. I think I'll use this on Hallie one time. <laughs> Me and Beth died laughing about it, but. I was like, yeah, I'm sure Jesus was tired when he was dragging that cross up that hill, too. <laughs> Probably wasn't easy. Or I'm sure Jesus wasn't comfortable dragging the cross up the hill. But sometimes we, myself, we act like it kills us because we got to get up early for one day. Or um, Just being real, you guys know what I'm saying. But he, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He wasn't comfortable doing it, but he did it, and he loves us. Um, so the key question today I want to ask is... Um, how comfortable are you in your relationship with Christ? Um, there's always a difference between, I say, contentment and complacency. Contentment means that um, you're happy with how things are going. You're all right, but if you're complacent, it's a scary place to be in because it's kind of a stagnant place. Because if we're complacent, we're good with everything, but we have zero desire to change or be any better. So if our relationship with Christ, yeah, there should be some things that we should be comfortable with. But Jesus was uncomfortable when he bore those sins. And the same way as we have things pop up in our life daily, we got to be uncomfortable. And it's not just a whole thing of uncomfortable, guys. That's the Holy Spirit. So whether you're saved, whether you're not, whether you've ever been in church before, wherever your background, whatever you may be coming from, we were all born with conscience. You know, right from wrong, some people's is just a little screwed up because it seems like I never do anything right. But once we get saved and ask Jesus, you know, forgive me my sins. I want to live for you. Help me to help me to be. And that's all it is. Jesus, forgive me my sins. 
Help me to make a difference. Help me to be different. That's all it is. It, it's not some big, great, how art thou, my heavenly father of hostesses. And I'm not talking about the hostess cakes, Earl. <laughs> but we don't have to talk like that to Jesus. We just talk like we're talking now. But um, whenever we make that commitment to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives. In, that's like our conscience. So like if, you know, if you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you're going to lay on the horn or do something, that little tiny voice, sometimes it's really hard to listen to. Uh, the more Jesus we get in us, the more we read our Bible, the more we pray, the more we go to small groups, the more we're at service, the more we hang out with Christian people and positive influences, the more those little voices, the bigger they're going to get. And then they're eventually going to get to the point where we always listen to them or what we think. And not that we get to a point where we're holier than somebody else, but we also help our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, people always say, well, don't judge me. Yeah, I, I understand that. I've been there. But at the same time, if we're called to be Christians, if we're called to be like Christ, there's a whole Bible full of stuff that, that we do. And and as we're growing together, you know, we just want to help encourage each other. And, and the Holy Spirit does that through us. Um, so we are called to be outsiders. Okay, so people didn't like Jesus. And they killed him, and he was perfect. So how much more are they not going to like us if we're trying to be like Jesus, and we're definitely not perfect? So we're called to be outsiders. We're called to be different from the world. Ben did a sermon years ago in this building, a long time ago, but he talked about uh, sanctification, which is just a process of becoming more like Jesus. You know, people say, oh, I see, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, and I know you all have heard that in some old school churches before. But um, he had a sucker and when we're sanctified or we're outsiders, we're called to be set apart. So we're called to be different. So Ben had this sucker. He licked it and then was like, here, well, nobody wants it. But God, when, when, when we say, when we commit our lives to him and do everything, he wants us to be set apart. It's kind of like he licked us and we're a sucker, which we're a sucker in more ways than one some days, just being honest. But um, we got to be different. So if we're outsiders, that means we got to leave our own desires, our own loves, our own comforts. we got to be different in the world. There has to be something different in our relationships. There's got to be something different in our habits, the things that we do. There has to be something different about our speech. There has to be something different about the way we sing. <laughs> that, that, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not saying when you get saved, you don't start singing good. There's proof in this room right now. And when you do get saved, you still mess up. I do it all the time. So, um, but, you know, we're called to be different. But when you sing and you're saved, there's, there's a happiness. There's something different that comes with that. So we are called to be set apart. doesn't mean we're going to be doing, you know, never make a mistake and always be perfect. But it does mean that we've got to be different. There has to be a difference. So if somebody's looking at my life, somebody's looking at your life, what do they see different about you or me? than from somebody just out on the street not serving God, doing the things that, that probably aren't the best things to be doing. There's got, there's got to be a difference. Um, and if we're all honest, I think sometimes we're not that different from the world, or is that just me? Anybody catch yourself and you're like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have said that, I probably shouldn't have typed that, probably shouldn't have went to that place, probably shouldn't have did that. Um, but we're not perfect. <laughs> And, and I'll give an example. And is McKenna here this morning? Okay. There you are. He's behind his head. I see you now. Um, 
I just, I call it like I see it, and sometimes that is a fault. But how many people, because McKenna's an assistant manager at McDonald's. How many people have graphed about McDonald's on Facebook? Don't raise your, oh, well, go ahead and raise them in. Go, I see, I tricked y'all. I tricked How Well, verbally is not good. Facebook's even worse because then everybody sees it. Um, if you're that unhappy, quit going there. Amen. <laughs> now, yeah, McKenna says A to the men. But I just, because that's what I think, because I always see that. People are like, why that? And I'm thinking, I just seen you there two days ago, so you must have not got too mad. And I'm like, there's been times where we went through and Ben was like, they forgot my apple pie. I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, you really need it. Need another apple pie about like I need a piece of cake. <laughs> but really, we gripe about, is that Christian? No. And sometimes I've joked and made crack jokes that aren't Christian. I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be. And I'm not going to say don't judge me because that's something immature. We don't judge me. Guys, we've got to help each other and we've got to let the Holy Spirit do his work and we've got to read the word. And if there is a, a brother or sister in Christ beside of us that is trying to help us, we can't get offended because we're not going to get any better. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a wrong way to say things and there's a right way. There's a th- way to do things in love and not in love. But um, we're, we've, we've not arrived. But I just figured I'd give that a plug. If you're that unhappy with the place, one, quit going there. Two, don't put it on Facebook. Three, don't like a post or comment. I've been there, and I'm not saying I have these down. Because we're just feeding it. We're just making it worse. But that's the kind of stuff. I don't have this together. I'm not perfect. But it, I just thought of it because people are always griping about McDonald's. I'm like, well, we have so many places to choose from in this town. <laughs> I'll just go to the roadhouse down, down a mile down the road off the expressway across from B-Mart. You know, it's just... I love where we live, though. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But, you know, sometimes that we, we, we do and we feed things that we shouldn't as Christians. And then a lot of times we justify things of, well, that's just the way I am and I ain't changing. Anybody ever said that? Now, you can raise your hand on that. Oh, okay, okay. No, nobody has ever said, well, that's just me and I'm not changing. Jesus loves me as I am. He does love you, but we've, we've got to do better, myself included. Because when we say that's just, just a, selfish cop, a selfish cop out, what that's saying is, God, you're not going to do anything else in my life. I'm going to come to church an hour on Sunday. I'm going to put some money in the plate. Bucket's back there, by the way, if you're new. We don't pass an offering plate anymore. We do online giving in that blue bucket back there by James Forks. I'll explain that story in a minute. That's not his name. But um, we think that if we just do all these minimal activities that we're okay, but we've always got to be getting better. And, like, for me, I talk a lot, and I crack jokes, and I'm sarcastic. So sometimes for me, I just got to shut up because I'm like, God, I can't do anything right. What do I do? And he's like, just shut up and just stop talking. <laughs> Don't say anything. And I'm like, well, I might as well just stay home all day because I can't not talk to people. So, but we've got to do better. And I, I've said that I'm just like, well, that's just, that's just me. Or I'm better than I was a few years ago, and I am, and I've said that. But we've always got to be willing to let God do more to make us better. We have never arrived. We never need to stop changing. And, and when we say things like that, and I've said it before, it's a sign that we have too much pride in our life because we're pretty much saying, God, you're not going to change me. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to still go and go through all the right motions and do stuff, but I'm not going any further in my relationship. And the thing with God, you can't stay here. You can't be lukewarm. You're going to either be hot or cold. So um, 
just about done, almost closing. But um, it's not just things that we that we do in public. Um, there are a lot of things I think that we think that we we do in private and secret and nobody knows about. And um, sometimes God wants to just address those and change things, but we get to the point where. Well, God, I, I'm going to give you an hour of my time a week, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. But this part, this part of my life's off limits. You can't touch that because I'm not ready to let go of that. And we've got a mixed crowd, so that's kind of changed my my notes a little bit on what I'm going to share and what I wasn't. But I don't know if you you may have an addiction. You may have an addiction where you're watching and doing things you shouldn't be doing. But it's like it's okay because nobody else knows about it because it's in the privacy of my own home. It may be where there's relationships you're in that aren't godly, that, that aren't the right thing. But, you know, it's okay because it, nobody knows. Um, you may have thoughts. We may have thoughts that aren't godly, that aren't. But it's okay because nobody knows about it. And it's in the privacy of my own home. And I'm not judging anybody or anything, but I'm telling you from personal experience, if we want to do as much as we can from God, if we want to win more people to Christ, We've got to give him every little deep, dark secret. We've got to let him remove every wall and just let him in and stop pretending that we're okay because we're not. As, as a humans, we are not. We're not okay. We're, we're not perfect. So um, it just it comes to the point where what does God want to do in us? But really, what are we going to let him do? So I just think about that as we're getting ready to close here in just a in just a few short minutes, but we've all got things in our life that probably we're embarrassed to talk about, things that have happened in the past, um, things that have happened to you, things that you have done, things that I've done, and I'm not saying that anybody has to confess those. But a lot of times we limit God on what he can do in our life because we don't want to pierce any of that. We don't want to go there. It was too hurtful. It's too bad. Never should have happened. Or I've regretted the decision every day for my life. That kind of stuff. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Amen. And I, I'm not perfect. I do not have it all together. Amen. At all. Um, I don't cling to A lot of times, I think as Christians, we want to um, we want to rate sin. <laughs> Where's she going? I'm getting uncomfortable outside the gates. Um, we want to say, and I work with kids. I worked in the public school system for like 14 or 15 years now. I worked in it before we lived here, but I hear and see so much, and it's horrible. And there's bad people. There's bad choices. There's a lot of sin and crap that happens. We want to look that, okay, there's a guy down at the bar, he's drunk every single night of the week. But it's okay for me to watch pornography in the basement of my house because nobody else knows. Things just got real, I'm just being honest. Or that we've been struggling with thoughts our whole life and we're afraid to let anybody know because we know things are wrong. And what we do, we're living under bondage and in chains, and God can't give us the freedom that he wants to give us because we're holding on to every single thing that's happened in the past. 
I don't know whether that's forgiveness. I don't know whether that's just confronting it and talking to somebody about it or sharing so they can they can help you through that. Um, sin, sin. Doesn't matter if doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter if you you know killed somebody in a in a DUI drunk accident. Doesn't matter if 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 you're popping pills. Doesn't matter if if it's domestic abuse. Doesn't matter. Sin, sin. And we want to try to rate stuff on how much by what the world knows about us or what our friends know about us. So I don't, I don't know what what you're what you're dealing with, what you've got family dealing with, what your prayers are every day. I just know that God doesn't make us uncomfortable, so we don't come to church anymore, so we don't have a relationship with. There's a level of, of uncomfort because He wants to do something in us, and there's a freedom that comes when you just let stuff go. And um, I don't have I don't have time to unpack every detail of this in my life. It's 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 more for a connection group or a small group, not this connection group, but but something else. Because um, I don't want to leave like anybody hanging or what's she talking about? But um, a couple months ago, which I was, I just turned thirty eight in August. You're older than me. How old are you? Forty. I know how old you are. I just want to say it because you're the same age as Ben. So I was 37. Um, I was in the bathroom one day and I was looking in the mirror. And I, I've been I always listen to podcasts and stuff aside from Sunday because I think if we want to be better, we need to listen to more. Um, I try to listen to worship music a lot. Um, I try to listen to, to pastors and leaders and worship leaders that are bigger and better than I are than we are as a team because that's how you grow but I've been listening to stuff and there was something I've been kind of struggling I've, I've dealt with my whole life um, I really want to talk about it I just talked to Ben about it a few months ago just because I couldn't like I said I'm not going to go into detail on that this morning but I remember looking in the mirror and I thought because there was all this turmoil going on, it seemed like in church, in life, and everything. And let me just throw this in there real quick. We've got that land. <laughs> Some of you guys haven't been here. When, before we bought Kentucky Heights, all hell broke loose in this church. It wasn't, it was just the devil fighting families. It was the devil fight. I mean, I could go on forever and just tell you horror stories of things that, that we personally went through as a family, that people in our church went through. So we're getting this land, and stuff's already started breaking through. Some of you all felt that hurt. The summer's been insane. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I, I don't even. Anyways, all this stuff's going on, but I'm just, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Wah, wah, wah. From Saturday Night Live when it was good. But. Things are going to get worse. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Why? Because the devil will fight you in more ways than you ever had a clue of. So if you think that's bad, hold on. The devil will come in and cause division. He's going to say, well, she said this about you, or this family's going through that, or that's falling apart, or this person did this, or this happened, or that happened. I don't want it to, but I know the devil fights like crazy. Because he knows what's at stake. So please don't think, oh, man, 
this is great. The next two years until we get under the roof is going to be pure hell. I'm just being honest. We've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, hoodie, the fan cloth, everything. I got the whole setup. So anyways, all this stuff swirling on, and I'm thinking of these lives, and I'm thinking, okay, is there something different? Did we fail this person as a pastor? Did we do this? What could we have done? And I'm looking in the mirror, and I just feel like God says, do you want to live the last 37 of your years of your life? Not that I'm going to die when I'm 74. But do you want the next 37 years of your life to be like the first 37? And I was like, crap. So then I start thinking of things that I've struggled with my whole life. Always been raised in church. Always knew right from wrong. I believe it. But the Bible says we're born into sin. So we're going to face some issues. We're going to have some struggles. It's how we respond to those. And like I said, that's a whole other thing for another time. But I just remember God being like, okay, you want the next 37 years to be like the first? I was thinking, no, I don't. So me and Ben, we had so we had a good conversation and just talked about a lot of things that, that we had never talked about. And we'd been married. We got married in 2005. So we'd been married 17 years this year, I think. I don't, I don't even, People get tore up, but I don't care. I mean, it's it's another year. We're here. It just it it's it is. We're just survived. Our first year of marriage was awful. Um, it was rough. We did things God's way, and we're trying to serve in church and doing all this ministry stuff. And um, I had I'd only lived with my mom and dad, and then when I was in Bible college in Louisiana. I live with a house full of girls. And I moved in with Ben. We got married. And I was like, oh, my God, what a butthole. <laughs> and he was probably like, what is wrong with her? She's the spawn of Satan. Um, and it's hard when you do things like that. So but it, we got engaged and got married kind of fast. And, I mean, I know, I, I know that I know that I know that it's meant to be. But just the adjustments and ministry in general and everything is just crazy. But um, there's things that we struggle and deal with. And I'm not telling you to go home with your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or brother or sister or whoever and just like be like, when I was two years old, I peed in my pants and, <laughs> and I've never lived it down. Or like you remember, I remember the craziest stuff when I was in school. Um, I remember this kid picked their nose. Don't everybody picks your nose? I don't care, but like I mean, I remember this being six years old. We're like, don't drink out of that water fountain. She drank, she drank out of it. And she picks your nose and eats your boogers. So her boogers. <laughs> but you, you know, like it's not any of those life-changing memories. One time, my mom sent me to school with two left tennis shoes. <laughs> Who was, I was telling that to somebody the other day. No, it wasn't. It was at school because I had to walk around with salt. We didn't have resource centers back in '89. <laughs> There was no clothes. But, I mean, just tr you remember stuff in your childhood. Some stuff, it's funny. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's not. But whatever that is, Romans eight twenty eight says that God will take everything and he'll use it together for the good. So even if, if you've had thoughts, if you've had um, horrible events happen, God didn't cause any of that. We were born into sin. So we just entered the world and... There's all these thoughts, there's all these actions, there's all this stuff going on that sucks. They don't make it right. 
But if we will, if we went through something, I promise if you give that to God and ask him, how can I use this for your glory? How can I use this to help somebody else draw closer to you, to help somebody else in a relationship with you? He will do it. Um, so wrapping up, um, sometimes we're uncomfortable so that we make a change to do more. So if we're, un- if we're uncomfortable outside of the gates, um, God's going to do something. I'm not talking about an uncomfortable... Um, sometimes all you call it, it's kind of like, oh gosh, I need to do something, or I need to raise my hand, or what I need to do, or do I need to do this? I'm not talking about... that. That's part of being uncomfortable. If your relationship with Christ, if we're uncomfortable... A lot of times, it's like he's wanting us to do more. I'm watching National Geographic one time, and I'm closing with this. Um, Mama Eagle got this nest, and when she's ready to, for babies just to get out, she starts pulling out branches and thorns out of that nest. She's built, so it pokes the baby birds, baby eagles, because it's time to move on and go. And a lot of times God kind of puts stuff in our lives and different things where he's poking us and we don't, we don't feel comfortable. But it's not that, like, you can either stay or flee. Obviously, in that sense, she's uncomfortable because she wants them to move on to the next step. So what I'm saying. Eventually, she just throws them out of the nest and they better learn to fly. God's not going to, you know, he's, he's got us. But the biggest thing I want you to ask is just, okay, God, what area do I need to be uncomfortable in? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So, so bow your heads um, this morning. And I just want you to ask that. Just, uh, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Is there a part in my life that I've tried to bury? Um, I've tried to hide. My pride's let it. I don't want people to know that I ever dealt with that. I don't want people to know that I ever did that. I don't want people to ever ever know anything about me it may be something like that it may be just the fact that that he's calling you to make some some other changes in your life um, so that you're able to 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 do more for God in in front of people in the public eye and in church Um, so maybe it's not internal maybe it's external but I just want you to ask that Holy Spirit what do you say to me And um, just keep your heads bowed, please. Eyes closed. Um, if there's and nobody's going to be looking around or anything like that, I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want I just want to pray for you. I just want to lift you up in prayer. But if there if you're struggling with something that you've got something dark and deep in your past, and you just can't let it go, and maybe you need to talk to somebody about it, or maybe you haven't even maybe you have talked about it, but you just can't can't let it go but you can't deal with the uncomfortable feeling of it anymore if you got something like that just slip up your hand real quick several hands um several hands going up so a lot of people you know we're all hurt we're all gonna mess and like i said i've if you ever want to come one-on-one i'll i can share some of my personal stuff at some point but i will definitely pray for you all in a minute um, and if there's just, as your heads are still bad, if there's anybody else in here this morning and uh, maybe you've, you've got too comfortable in your relationship with Christ and you feel like you need to recommit or maybe you've never got saved, 
Um, it's just kind of like, well, I know what church is. And what I knew about it, I didn't like anything about it. But if you feel like you need to make that commitment to Christ or maybe renew that commitment, um, just raise your hand. So lots of hands going up. You can put them down. Um, just going to pray for you guys. Uh, I'm not going to embarrass you. not going to call you up front. But um, I just want to pray for you. So, Lord, I thank you for those that are here this morning, God, those that are dealing with struggles and um, things in their past. God, I pray that you would let them know somehow, God, that you care about them, that you want to take that hurt, that you want to heal it. You want to take those thoughts that, that you want to change them into, into positive thoughts, God, that, that you want to give them a new heart. God, those that have, have said that they want to know you this morning or recommit, I pray that you would just give them strength and that you would just give them faithfulness, God, just to just to keep seeking and, and, and not stop and not get discouraged because what the devil always does is after we've made that commitment the very next day, he tells us how bad we've messed up. And so, Lord, I pray that um, they are encouraged today, God, that they would go out of here with just a fresh feeling, God, to just to to go and reach others, God, to, to go and get more in your word and to go and, and love others and just be a light for you. And God, I pray that you would make us uncomfortable in our relationship with you, that you would begin to poke us and prod us, that you would begin to pull up those branches, God, that so we're uncomfortable, that, that we know that we, need to, that we need to make a better change, that there's something else we need to do, that, that you're just cleaning up our lives, God, one, one step at a time, one day at a time, but that you love us just as we are, as the song said today. Father, I pray blessings on your people today. I pray that you would bless their finances, that you would bless their jobs, God. God, that you would answer those prayers of salvations in their families, God, their loved ones, their friends. And God, that you would just, uh, just give us new and exciting vision for the things to come at the bridge. We love you and we thank you. Amen.